Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy, and welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast where we talk about dating and are joined by very special guests, including our guest today, Maria Avgatidis. Perfect. She is the founder and matchmaker at Agape Match. Listen to me, getting so nervous about how to pronounce just about everything now, <laughs> including my own name. But we're so happy to have you here. We're really excited to talk to you about matchmaking. I think it's something that comes up a lot on this podcast. And that we honestly don't know that much about. So yeah. we really want to help our listeners understand more. And thank you for being here on a Sunday, too. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, and also listeners, just briefly, Kimmy and I are in the same room right now. I don't know we if you are. can tell, but this is a big, a big moment. We've been on separate coasts for a lot of months, and now we're sitting just inches from each other's face. So yeah, we're very close. We're like very. It feels our setup right now feels very like um, formal interviewee. Like Kimmy and I are on one side of the table, and Maria's on the other side of the table, and we're like staring her down. Yeah. I just want to paint a picture for everyone listening. Being all like Sunday like, grungy, okay. but also very nervous about you know how do I pronunciation. Um. <laughs> so on that on that amazing uh very like personal note very personal and very official note uh Maria, I, I feel really honored to have both of you in person <laughs> i mean yes, it's our first yeah. pod back yeah. together in a really really long time yeah. since our christmas episode our wow, holiday no, episode even, holiday extravaganza i feel even more honored like wow okay <laughs> drinking smokes. beers drinking Some, beers smile here. all the way to my ears oh my god we're, we're yeah. excited to have you yeah um Okay, so how do we even jump into this? Con- I mean, there's so many things I want to ask you about. Go for it. And you know what? Actually, Maria, we, we did not give you this heads up, but this is something we t- sometimes ask our guests, and you uh-huh. can feel free to share or not. Mm-hmm. But do you have a worst first date? Or even if it's not your story, like a <laughs> I have friend. A, I have a few worst okay. first dates. I have a few best first dates, and I have a few worst first dates. Oh, my God, amazing. Tell us, like, the worst of the worst. Oh, the worst of the worst. <laughs> like, what, like, the one that's a little bit, like, hard to... <laughs> oh, goodness. The cringiest. Cringiest. Um, okay. <laughs> so there's there's bad and then, well, I guess like the one that, I'm going to go with the one that's like just popping in my head. So um, I went on a first date with the cousin of a really famous person. And by famous, I mean like, let's say top 10 famous people in the world. What? Like global celebrity, A-list Everybody knows them. Like, oh my god, yeah. We're gonna oh, make you tell us as soon as we stop recording. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> so curious. Um, they were on Friends. <laughs> oh, okay. And Amazing. is this cousin also at all famous or no? No, no, okay. no, no, no. And I didn't even know they were cousins until like halfway through the date, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so he, we met. Uh, I met him through friends out and about, and he asked me out, and I was like, oh yeah, okay. He was cute. He played the guitar. I was 24, so I was 25, somewhere there. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is sounds, this is game, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we went to this bar in, like, Nolita. And first of all, he's, he, I remember he sat inside. Oh, like of the, of the. Like, you know, when you go into a restaurant and there are seats where there's, like, a window. Mm-hmm. It's like a booth and there's, like, not a booth. Like, there's, like, seats against the window and then there's a table and then there's seats on the mm-hmm. outside. What should happen is that the woman sits inside mm-hmm. so that the man is focused on the woman and not looking at his surroundings. Yeah. Oh, interesting and Because women can focus on the person that they're dating. Totally. And in fact, you know, right now, if you go into a restaurant tonight, um, you will see that like 95% of the people sitting inside, if they're heterosexual couples, is the woman and the man looks at her. Right? And I feel like it's polite because you don't get jostled. I hate the outside seat because you get jostled. So I feel like it's kind of the, yeah, worst, yeah. the worst seat. So I feel like it's polite to give I mean, it's like a courtesy. It like, I, you know, so that's mm-hmm. what I'm used to. And so he, um, <laughs> he didn't know. He, I, don't, he, I don't expect anyone to know who I am or Google me before dating, thank God. But he really didn't know who I, like, he didn't know anything. He just thought, mm-hmm. okay, cute girl, I'm going to go out with her. And... Um, so he sat inside, I remember, and I remember like kind of being awkward, like, oh, is that where you're sitting? Like, I was also kind of like, uh, I'm not used to this. Okay, I'll sit here. And then the date just was really, 
boring. Like, he had nothing to talk about mm. at all. And then at some point, halfway through, I think he threw in his Hail Mary, like, oh, I'm cousins with this person. And I was like, I don't believe you. But then, like, oh, sh-, you know, like, I was looking at their last names. And then I was, like, looking at photos of, like, his, like, some baptism that they were at together. <laughs> And I was like, oh, like, Wait, no. the date was showing you these pictures? Well, I didn't believe them. Okay. So I needed, yeah, yeah. like, you need evidence. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like, okay. you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm cousins with this person. Throw it out. Like, yeah. So I was like, oh, like, let me look at your family photo. Like, there's photos of them on their kid. And I was like, oh. I think this is Hail Mary to show, like, this is what makes me interesting. Mm. But in fact, it just it just made it so much worse. Mm-hmm. And then the bill came, and I was just like, let's just split it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, honestly, I'm, I'm personally one of those people where it's like, if I don't want to see you again... I'd rather just pay for my share. I don't, I don't like to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that was like, for some reason that kind of came out to me because it was just so like, I remember like thinking, oh my God, this is so boring. Yeah. Like there was no chemistry between us beyond that, you know? Um, and then other bad dates, you know, I think they always revolved around us not being, and maybe this is similar for a lot of women, not being intellectually compatible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's what was his thing. It's just, he was very dry. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't handle, like, the silence, the awkwardness of the silence. And I'm the world's most talkative person, mm-hmm. just by nature and professionally. And to have a situation where, like, this person's not talking back. And I remember him asking me, like, so who would pay you? Like, he didn't understand my profession. I was just trying to explain to him in, like, such layman terms. And yeah. just like, uh, okay. You know, he's like, do you have a trust fund? I go, no, I don't have a trust fund. Like, this is actually my profession. Like, I do this for a living, you know? And anyway, so it was very weird. And then any other date that's been bad has always been the intellectual incompatibility, I think, for me. Yeah. Um, it's rough. I feel like we've heard a lot about these days. Like, you sit down and pretty quickly you're like, oh, this is not – there's just nothing happening. I feel like that's its own special brand of, like, horrible because you've entered into this social contract right. to hang out with each other for, like, at least 45 minutes and it's I mean, that's why I like rough. cocktail bars for dates because, yes. you know, you can have just one and leave. Completely. Yeah. Um, oh, and then he ordered a bottle. And I was like, why are you yeah. ordering a bottle? Like, they didn't understand, like, those... I think that's what made it bad. It was just, like, the social awareness of the situation yeah. was just really off for... So that was, that was the one. And then... Uh, yeah, and then I've had some really great first dates with people I did not, you know, I didn't end up marrying any of these. I ended up marrying one of them. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I've had some really great first dates. And, yeah, the, yeah. you know, it just, it was there, you know. Totally. Do you think, I mean, this is, well, whatever. We have 80,000 questions to ask you. But do you think <laughs> there is... I will answer every single one. Great. Amazing. Okay. Um, do you think there is something, like outside of chemistry that people can bring into a first date that can bump it from like horrible to like average. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean like you what shouldn't can go we to all... any day thinking it's going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, for the first part. That's a really good point. And I think, I think you should go into a date thinking like, look, dating sucks. Like, let's talk about the truths here. Dating sucks. A. Mm-hmm. B. Dating takes courage. C. If you're going to, if you believe that it sucks and it takes courage, you need to come in with your A game, no matter what the date is. And what that means is you're going to come in with open-ended questions that not only you're going to learn about their lives on their values, but they'll learn about yours. And one of the most easiest questions you can ask on a date is, what are you planning on doing this weekend? Or now that it's yeah. summer, what are you planning on doing this summer? Do you have any weddings to attend? And like, because it's wedding season. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. learning, when you ask someone like, what, how many weddings do you have to go to this summer? You're going to learn about their families. You're going to learn about their siblings, the rivalries, who's getting married, what they have to wear. Like, you, there's so yeah. many follow-up questions on there that you'll learn so much about someone just to see, like, do I align with you? Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Who their friends are and what kind of relationship right. they have with them, right. which is, like, such an important thing. And also, don't forget, like, for me, that's what I always tell people, like, in my office, too, is the purpose of a first date is to go on a second date. Yep. That's it. It's not to determine, is this the father of my child? It's not determined, am I going to marry this person? It's just a determined, am I having a good enough time that I'd like to see this person again? Yep. And if you are, it doesn't matter if you're not physically attracted as a woman. It doesn't matter if, you know, he, the potential's not, that, that doesn't, none of that matters right now. What matters is you had a good time, you have to see him again. After you've gone on a second date, if you really feel like there's no chemistry or whatever, that's fine. At least you gave it a shot. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm feeling so validated because some of the things, and again, so many follow-up questions, but we really are pro-second date because I, yeah. from my experience going on dates for this podcast and for myself, like going on a second date could change a lot of things. A first date, just the way like an online profile or like hearing about someone is not enough 
that first date isn't either. You really need to spend yeah a bit of time with someone. I yeah, think, totally. To, to I, I completely be agree. Sure. Yeah, it's not even about being sure. It's just to cultivate something. And also, that's another thing. Like in our office, we set up first and second dates. And the oh. reason we set up the second date as well is because uh, I don't trust that you'll be able to cultivate a relationship quick enough. Everyone gets busy. They everyone has cell phones. They cancel last minute. And I'd rather set you up on a Monday and have that second date on Saturday. And that way, I know like okay. This could be something. Otherwise, if you're putting in like two weeks between dates, you've lost the momentum. Mm-hmm. Like ideally, your second date is the next day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone would be yeah, happy. I wish, I wish your viewers saw your faces when I said that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We just you like, both like... I was shocked. Both, you both... Um, I just want to describe it for your listeners. You both tilted your heads at the same time and opened your mouths and nodded. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it would be the cutest thing ever. <laughs> oh. Because I think sometimes dating, especially if you're not doing a lot of it yet but want to start, it's such a time commitment and investment. And people, especially with a second day, it's like, oh, that's on my mind. If it's the next day after the first date, you find yeah. out it's – I kind you, of you could literally use that. You could literally have the same hair. You don't yeah. have to do it again. You don't have to blow out again. Like, you're yeah. good. Like, just – Yeah, same hair. Just put some mascara on and get out of the house. Okay, so to backpedal a little bit, so tell us like a the short version of your life story. You started this business, right. and like, what was the impulse to start it? Like, where did that idea come from? Like, why were you interested in matchmaking? So there's as a, a long story and there's a short story. I'm gonna tell you the long story first. Okay, perfect. Um, so I thought I was gonna become a diplomat. I went and got my undergraduate degree um, from an American school in Greece called Greek College. I studied international business and European affairs. I worked at the U.S. Embassy for a little bit in Athens. And then um, I came to the States. I worked in corporate for a big company um, at the same time getting my master's in global affairs from NYU. Mm-hmm. And I really thought I'd be working at the U.N. or the Foreign Service. Um, that was just my goal. But somewhere in there when I was in my early 20s, um, literally six months after I had just moved to America from Europe, I... Um, and the reason, by the way, I went to Europe was because I had a, I was in the debating team. Mm-hmm. So I got to, and that's that's a big thing in Europe, right? Like, yeah. like we don't have football and basketball mm-hmm. and like sororities. You have debating team and robotics team. And I was part of the debating team. I got to travel all of Europe. It was amazing. Anyway, so um, upon moving here, all of a sudden I started getting people who were like, oh, you know people. Can you introduce me? Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, oh, sure, you know, pay me this much. Like, I didn't know, like, how much to charge yet. I didn't know what the value of my time was yet. I was really young. And um, eventually, uh, and quite quickly within a year, the fees just kind of skyrocketed, I guess, for at least at that time. And people just kept coming because they saw that I was producing value. Um, if you asked me, like, my superpower is creating quick rapport with people. Mm. And if you have that... It's very easy to meet people and get them to trust you. And, you know, what am I doing? I'm basically convincing thousands of people to join my Rolodex, if you will. And <laughs> hopefully I'll match them, but maybe I won't. It really depends on who my client is at that time because my clients constantly change. Um, so, yeah, that and then I went full time. Uh, so I started in the early in like mid 2008. I went full time um, towards the end of 2009 which is surreal saying that out loud yeah. in 2019. Yeah, um, damn. We have to definitely plan a big-ass party. Congratulations. That's amazing. And we're, we're a small team of six. Um, we were located in the Empire State Building. And, um, yeah, we have a two, you know, we, we, I, I love my team. I love who I work with. I love what we do. Um, so that's the long story. The short story is actually really short. I am a fourth-generation matchmaker, so my grandmother, her mother, and her grandmother were all matchmakers. Damn. Yeah. And it's basically in the DNA. So even if I didn't, I mean, it's true because I, I never said to my guidance counselor, I'd like to be a matchmaker. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really follow that stuff. I was just like, oh. But, you know, my first match was when I was in kindergarten. I introduced this one girl to this guy and they dated all the way until prom where they broke up. Oh, my up. God. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always been that person who, like, set people up. And even yeah. when I was, um, like, my other stints at and career before I started my company, which is very small. Um, even then it was me working with a, you know, a company and just them to another company or, you know, having them find a vendor. Like it's always been there mm-hmm. as far as long as I can remember. And then it just kind of 
I mean, my grandparents, obviously, when they match people, they got like a goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I get someone's like down payment on a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a little different, but, uh, but yeah, it's, and also it's, it, the other difference is that my grandparents, you know, when they set up people, they would get married in like three weeks. Whereas I hope that they get engaged in the next, you know, 18 months. Yeah. That's my yeah. goal. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. You know, I sit there praying. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Yeah. So when you, when you tell us a little bit about like your methodology, when right. you're, I mean, that's the broadest question, but like when you have, you know, someone, a client comes to you, they want a match, mm-hmm. what happens next? So I think when we ask about matchmaking methodology, we also have to ask like, what is compatibility? Like, what do I equate that? And what I would tell you is that compatibility it falls under five pillars, mm-hmm. maybe six, we'll call it six pillar miscellaneous, but those five pillars are physical, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, and financial. Mm. And usually when you first start dating someone, you first meet someone, the, what you're witnessing is your physical attraction and your spiritual attraction, your soul recognizing another soul, right? So you don't know the other stuff. You don't know how someone manages their finances or their lifestyle. You don't know how um, it takes months to figure out someone's emotional range mm-hmm. and if they're emotionally intelligent. And intellectually, maybe you can figure that out on the first couple dates, but sometimes you get distracted by the physical and the spiritual or you're saying like, oh, I'm having such a good time going out with this person. Um, it doesn't matter. They don't stimulate my brain the way I need it to be stimulated. And for some reason, for some people, that's not as important, right? But so these are the these are the things that, at a coffee match, we believe compatibility falls under. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone has their own values under these pillars that align with other people's values under those pillars. So for, let's say, for Liza, let's say it's really important to you. Uh, you have more criteria under, like, um, intellectual I than do. others, That right? is completely accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds your neighbor yeah. might have a very short list for that because she might be stimulated intellectually at work mm-hmm. or she might be stimulated intellectually... Um, and a very shallow perspective where she doesn't need um, to constantly learn. She's in that intellectual curiosity that you might have. So the person that's a match for her is on that same wavelength. It's not yeah. the same person for you. Yeah. That person you're going to be with has to also really value intellectual curiosity. Right? So this is this is what we look under compatibility. So now matching methodology, we look at these things. But first we look at your... Um, we look a lot at lifestyle mm-hmm. and values. Like this is definitely the foundation um, for any relationship. So if you're wondering if he's the one, you have to look at, okay, are our values aligned? And and can I 100% depend on this person and can they depend on me? These mm-hmm. are, these are, this is the criteria, yeah. right? Yeah. So those values, that value range comes into those things that I was telling you before. But, you know, think about, you know, if you're wondering what your values are, think about what you want to be remembered for. Think about what your legacy is. If you, the easiest way to do it is make a list of what are the top 10 things I want in a partner for my, in a father for my child or in a mother for my child. Because that list is going to be very different than if I asked you what is the perfect man or the perfect woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I do yeah. like that a lot. So we look at, so these are the questions that we ask in our office when we have a new client. We always ask them like, you know, what, what do you, if you had a girlfriend, what would you do this weekend? Yeah. Because you can learn. Everyone says travel. Okay. But most people travel like 10 days a year to one country. If that, some people just go to Miami, you know, (laughs) and that's not enough. That's not a thing. Everyone likes to travel. You know, you're not, I'm not going to say with an agoraphobe. And then you have other people that nothing wrong with agoraphobes, but like agoraphobes should be with other agoraphobes. It's just a very boring lifestyle to have. Um, And then, you know, People, when I ask them, like, what do you like to do for fun? They say stuff that they don't really do. It's aspirational, like, I, what I'd like to do, which is, you know, oh, I love going to the theater. Well, how often do you go to the theater? Because if you tell me you like to go to the theater, I'm thinking go, like, every other week. Yeah. Right? But most people just go, like, once a year. Yeah. They just like the spectacle of it all. Yeah. So, you know, you have to kind of keep these things in mind. So when I ask, like, what would you do this weekend? They'll say stuff like, well, you better take a hike at the Catskills. Oh, so do you have a car? Yes, I do. Like, you can learn so much about what someone's going to do this weekend if they had a girlfriend. Versus yeah. just asking, like, what are your hobbies? Yeah. Totally. So much more insightful than what are your hobbies. Because we've that question comes up on dates. It's come up on this podcast. What are your hobbies? Sometimes I'm like, I guess I have none. Though I, like, Most I know don't have hobbies, yeah. though. I mean, unless you consider, like, Netflix binging a hobby, exactly. which I totally. do. Well, it's my but... hobby. Also, like, <laughs> hobby. When I think of hobby, I think of, like, well, I don't, like 
craft. Knit or, <laughs> or like, go paint. or I mean, But, like, when I actually think about it, it's like, well, in the winter I go skiing, and I actually do go see plays a lot, and I you like see, to go mm-hmm. biking on the on the river. Like, it's like those, I wouldn't think of those as hobbies because they're not, like, things. But see, you're describing, because you don't like to consider them hobbies because you consider it part of your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. totally. And so, yeah. like, like and that's why I try to explain to people. It's like sometimes people are like, well, she, uh, like, I have one guy who's like, she doesn't like tennis. And I go, yeah, but she golfs. Like, that's great. What's the difference? Another, like you're outside doing you're stuff. You're out. Yeah. You're not. You're not. I'm not sitting up with someone who like wants to go knit. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Also, again, adult, nothing adult wrong sports. with knitting. Completely. But you know, if you're the kind of person who likes to go to the country club on the weekends, guess what? She's coming with you. So you know, you kind of. So that's that's a big component. The other component is family. So it has nothing to do with me setting up you with the right person with the right family. It has more to do like, are you aware of what your family is like, mm-hmm. and how are you going to protect whatever your relationship you create from your family. It doesn't matter how great your parents are. The What matters is how are your parents going to react to that person? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that is that, you know, the reason why this is important is because the truth is our parents get older. And what you're doing is you're trying to pick a partner who's going to be okay with the fact that there might be a possibility where that person might have to move, their parents might have to move in, or you're going to have to give monetary support to them. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts for everyone. You could have all of the trust funds and the savings in the world. You don't know what's going to change in the next 10 years or five years. Yeah. You know, and take it from me, you know, one of my parents is sick right now and my husband, like he's just been so supportive and I just can't imagine like having other, I can't envision someone else like the way he's taken it on he signed up for it. You know, he knew my parents had a time, like we had bonded really well about it. Um, you know, everyone's parents are different by the way. Like my, his experience with my parents is vastly different than my experience with his parents, but he's self-aware of the situation where he's protective of what we have. And I think that's, that's like, that's an important component. So I ask questions about people's families. Like, are you close to your parents? I want to see how they're going to talk about it because you don't have to be close to your parents. Some parents are really weird. You shouldn't be close to them at all. Right. <laughs> You know, if they're narcissistic, goodbye. Like, leave them far away, see them once a year, protect what you have, and be happy. And keeping that in mind, there are people who don't, like, because they don't know how to talk about it, they can turn someone off in the first couple of dates. Yeah. That's so true. I I paid attention (laughs) to how I didn't like asking, do you have siblings? But I did like asking things about family to understand more about how they thought about I mean, one way I'm to very talk about it, one way to get people talking about that is to just ask, like, what your parents do for a living? Yeah, That's yeah. That's all you have to ask, yeah. and just le- just listen. Because yes. there's going to be a lot there. Totally. You know? Or where do your parents live? Because I feel like in the city, a lot of us are transplants. Right. So if your parents live far away, like, I even feel like... Even if they live in New York. Even if yeah. they live in New York. That tells you so yeah. much right there, too. But then yeah, even, yeah, I feel like, people true. are like, oh, they live here, so I see them this often. So, you know what I mean? I feel like it, like, leads to more... Even the way they talk about where they live. They're far. It's yeah. freeing. They're or, in I don't this know. place. No I like love that. visiting them. It's so much fun. They're in this place. I hate visiting them. It's a shithole, and I hate going yeah. there, you know? like Yeah, these are... T- and that we, you know, we interview four people a day for the last 10 years. Yeah, and damn. we ask them for their last three breakup stories. And because wow. we ask that... I learn all about your your patterns. And also I learn about how you value relationships. So if I ask someone, I'm not going to ask you ladies, but if I ask someone in my office, I ask this every day, tell me about your last relationship. That's the most standard question we'll ask every single day, four times a day. Mm. And depending, you should see, like some women will say, my last relationship was five years long and ended two years ago. And I'll be like, so you haven't dated anyone in the last two years? No, I've dated some guy for six months. I only got for three months. Oh, okay. So she doesn't count those as relationships. Whereas the next woman who comes into the office, I'll say, tell me about your last relationship. You know, it ended last month. We were dating for like eight weeks. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not saying what she's saying is wrong. I'm saying that these two different women define relationship vast, like so different. Mm. So I have to set them up with the kind of person who also defines it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as someone who hasn't been in long-term serious relationships until now, like, truly adult, like, I, it was always like, those aren't relationships, but they were in their own way. For me personally, I considered anything more than three months of relationship, for me personally, Mm -hmm. because I'm very weird about going out with anyone for more than four dates. Yeah. So the fact they even made it to three months, which meant that I saw them at least twice a week, uh, you know, I'm a quality time person, I gotta see you. 
Uh, we talked every single day on the phone. Like, you learn things about me and you've seen me naked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like to me, that's a relationship. Yeah. And there's other people who are just like, oh, no, if it's less than six months, I don't count it. I'm just like, well, there are people that have impacted my life in such a way in just those three months that I can't just yeah. dismiss them. Yeah. And it's funny because I kind of feel like a lot of times people, myself included, get so hung up on labels of, like, if we don't sit down and say, like, we're exclusive, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, we're whatever, X, Y, Z, whatever the so fuck you want to call it. this is, it. like, weird. Like, that, I have a, every Wednesday on my Instagram, Matchmaker Maria, <laughs> uh, um, I have this live, Q, um, not live, I have a Q&A called Ask a Matchmaker. Hashtag Ask, Ask a Matchmaker. And I get, like, 30 questions a week, usually. Sometimes it's, like, 100, depending on the week. <laughs> And I'll give, like, some quick advice over my Instagram stories. And it's, it's probably the most popular thing I do. And Follow it. Yeah. <laughs> At Matchmaker Maria. <laughs> yeah. And um, every week, without fail, it's always a question of, like, when do we define the relationship? Yeah. Mm. You both, again, clocked your – you tilted your heads. <laughs> and, and you nodded. It's fantastic. I wish, I wish this was, like, on oh YouTube. Oh, my God. That's it's so, so funny. funny. Um, and it's, it's frustrating for me because – for two reasons. One, just because you define a relationship does not make them a good boyfriend or a good partner. Yep. It's just yeah. a label. Yep. And the truth is that if you don't know, that's a red flag. Because if the guy is into you, he's letting you know what this is. If there is any remote confusion, he's just, he's either avoidant personality type, which you should just avoid at all costs. He's a narcissist, you should avoid at all costs. Or he's just not into you. Yeah. And he's just getting the perks of a relationship, the sex, without the commitment of the relationship. So, I, you know, I always, I get those questions a lot. What, like, I think about, because so many of my ex-boyfriends were European and I married a European, mm-hmm. there is a very different, there it's like, oh, you had sex with someone? That's your boyfriend. Mm. Like, there's no talk. Like, yeah, that's just, yeah. it's just a very different way of, so, you know, it's just kind of weird to me because it's like. I don't remember ever talking to my husband saying, oh, are you're my boyfriend or we're exclusive. It was just like, well, who the hell else? Who, when do you have time? Like, yeah. what else would you be doing right now? Like, yeah. Interesting. Can- I feel like I've had extreme conversations about that in every, <laughs> but I'm a little bit of a historic, like, arm's length commitment phobe. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I think we both are in our own ways, even yeah. though I ended up being dating. But are you commitment phobe or are you just scared of opening your feelings to someone who's going to just throw up all over it. Yeah, I think I'm a vulnerability phobe in some yeah. ways. I, like, love vulnerability when, you know, it feels great and you can be open with someone. But I, for so long, I yeah, I was very afraid of the pain yeah. that could come with opening up and getting hurt. But if you delay that opening up, it hurts so much more versus, like, three dates in, like, being you a little bit more open. You know, in my opinion, before you have sex. And I know a lot of people have sex quite early, like, three dates. Yeah. Just delay it to seven. Delay it to eight. Yeah. He's going to, if he's the guy, he'll wait. Like, there's no, and it's very easy to, you know, tell him. It's just say, all you have to say is just like, listen, I'm not ready right now, but I'll let you know as soon as I am. And I'm really good at sex, so don't worry. That's all you have to say. And he'll wait. But And you, you think the, the girl should feel what before she, she like, proceeds? I feel like, it. I mean, if you want your next serious relationship to lead to marriage... You really need to put down the criteria of what you think, if you're planning on having kids, what the future father of your kid looks like. Mm-hmm. So that you're able to identify this person when they show up. Yeah. If they if you don't have that list, if they don't have that criteria of being reliable, emotionally strong, available, um, you know, intellectually, let's say, at your as your equal, yeah. um, it's gonna be very hard later on because you're gonna have to have some really difficult conversations eventually. And you know, don't just be I mean, I, you know, these are the things that I think about uh, probably every single day. Yeah. Because I think about, like most, like I was saying before, like most people when they start dating, they're only on the physical and spiritual stuff. They're not going past any of that stuff. And I would tell you to have sex, at least no more, more like know the emotional range of someone before you sleep with them. Do the mm. other stuff, fool around, I don't care. Make yeah. out, yeah. you know, do the other bases, let's say. Um, but try not to have penetration sex until you know their emotional range. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. We, and we talked about this in the podcast, yeah. and we're, you know, as you are, we're all, we know that yeah. people do things quickly and have different experiences with sex, and we are very pro 
sexual freedom. And But for me, it just, it took time. Even in my current relationship, I waited a long time because for me, sex always opened these vulnerabilities that added this pressure to things and really like took me out of myself in a way in the relationship. I mean, I waited a pretty long time before I had sex with my husband. Also, like, I remember on my second date thinking, oh, I'm, this is the guy. Like, because I had already written my list. I was ready to get married. Yeah. And I had written my list of, like, here's what the future father of my child looks like. So when he just showed up one day, <laughs> I met him through one of my employees. But yeah, I could hear the story. I feel like if I was listening to this right now, I'd be like, what, what is, is this story? I will tell you the secret of how to meet your partner <laughs> in the next 10 days. But, like, when I met him, I was able to identify who he was, and I was like, all right, this guy has to ask me out. And he did, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. And then when we went on our second date, I remember thinking, oh, I didn't – I was like, yeah, I'm having his kids. Like, I just knew. Like, I never had that feeling before. And then that's when I decided I have to delay the sex now because I need to learn everything else before that. Because I think about all my last relationships where we had sex quite quickly, and – the truth is when you get too physical with someone, you have so much oxytocin and mm. dopamine in your brain that you become blind to all the red flags mm. and you make a lot of excuses for their intellectual handicaps or their lack of ambition or, you know, lack of having a path to life. You know, I think in general, like, it's really important that you marry someone who's hardworking. They don't have to be extremely wealthy. They don't have to be extremely educated. These are just titles, but they have to be hardworking because, Heaven forbid they lose their job when you're pregnant. <laughs> they have to hit the pavement and find a job. Because yeah. you don't know what could happen um, once you have a child. You don't know what your circumstances are going to be as a woman. So so these are the things that, you know, I think about. Now, how, you guys want to talk about how I met my husband? Yeah. Was, <laughs> oh, yes. Everyone, so I, I like here's what you're going to do. Here's what I did. Um, so I... Um, so I made a, I made a list. Based yeah. on those five pillars I talked about before, right? Um, physical, spiritual, intellectual, financial, and emotional. And I put down, like, things that are important to me under these things. Yeah. And I wanted to see, like, which list would be longer, which which column would be longer than the other. And then I, I made a paragraph of, like, okay, the kind of person I'm meant to be with is the person I desire to meet, is what I wrote. The person I desire to meet has this stuff. And then I made a list of the men that I knew that were in relationships with my girlfriends mm-hmm. um, who fit this criteria, like generally broad strokes, let's say. And I was looking just for really kind guys who were hardworking, like because I believe that birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. Right. So I had a guy, found one. He was he was um, he was dating one of my employees. Okay. And I really admire him. I thought he was such a great guy. And I said to him, hey, next time you go out for drinks with your friends, you have to invite me. I now, that. I did not ask him, set me up. Interesting. So what happens is most people, when I ask them, how's your dating life? Like, oh, my friends, I tell them to set me up and no one sets me up. And I go, why don't they set you up? Oh, they say all their friends are assholes. And I go, well, okay, I'm not asking them to date them. I want you to date them, right? Yeah. If you have such a great friend, he must have great friends. Yeah. Right. That, that's how it works. <laughs> yep. Totally. So, so when you say, when you say like, set me up to a guy friend, they're not going to set you up. But when you say to them, when you go out with your friends next time, you have to invite me. I'll come with your girlfriend, but you have to invite me. And he was just like, okay, cool. I will. And literally like two days later, he's like, Hey, we're going out for drinks on Friday. Now this was in Boston. Okay. So yeah. got into my Amtrak. <laughs> you, yeah, you were yeah. Headed amazing. Off to, headed off to Boston. And I knew I was going to meet, like, at least 10 of his friends. So yeah. I was just like, oh, this is great. And all of his friends were amazing. All of them are great guys who are well-educated, hardworking, um, respect women, just like him. Yeah, yeah. It was like I hit the jackpot. And the guy that I just really connected with. Now, I didn't tell my guy friend, like, hey, I'm here to, I'm, I'm, here I'm to pick up a husband. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> but, um you know, I remember, so this, the guy that I ended up marrying um, at the time, his name is George, by the way. George, his <laughs> George. best friend, was one of my employees. So she really wanted me to set him up. Interesting. So I was talking to him, and I mean, honestly, like, our conversation just, like, clicked. Like, I didn't know anything about him yet. What was it? The spiritual stuff. 
right? Like I could see my soul, like there was a soul recognition of their soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what agape is, right? Um, my company's name is Agape Match. Agape is the word for love in Greek. It's mm-hmm. one of the many words of love. But uh, Aristotle said that agape is one soul recognizing another soul. So just in that brief conversation, I was just like, oh, I'm having such a great time with this person. And wasn't as physically attracted to him. <laughs> but um, but Maria, the, the, the employee, she's also her name was Maria, just so. Oh, yeah. Confused things, everyone. <laughs> she was just like, oh, if you're having such a great time, you have to go out with him. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Like, I have to. Like, I owe it to myself. Because how many men have I been attracted to and that just, like, went to hell? Yeah. yeah like, let's yeah. just try it out. And that's on our second date. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, uh, my brain finally caught up. Like, we're good. You know, like. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, so the so we just, like, hit it off. And, you know, he was really shy when it came to flirting. So I had to, like, really not make it super obvious because I don't want to look desperate. But I did, um, I was, you know, telling him, like, you know, oh, so where do you live? And like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, let me see that on the map. And he's like, oh, well, next time I'm by there, I'll go for coffee. And he's like, well, send me your number. And so I sent him a number and I sent him a cute photo of myself. Yeah. Saying, hey, it's Maria. And then he texted back, you're cute. Oh. While we're at the bar. That's, that's adorable. <laughs> and then I was just like, all right, he he's he got the courage that he needed because yeah. I wrote back, you know, you're cute too or whatever. And he's like, and then he asked me out. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Wow. So. I mean, I feel like that's some wise-ass practical dating advice of, like, who are the good men you know? Yeah. Who are their friends? Yeah. Like, that's so fucking wise. Because think it's about it, right? my mind. A guy that you know who's a narcissist, mm-hmm. who should never date, should never procreate because yeah. they'll be a horrible parent, their friends are going to hate them. Yeah. Like, they'll warn you. Yeah. Like, why are you friends with this person? Yeah. Like, look into these cues. Like, these little people give you cues when you go out. Oh, this asshole. Like, they'll, and they'll pat him in yeah. the back. It's like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Like, they're letting you know. Like, definitely take your their friends at their word. Yeah. So just think about the nice guys, because the nice guys aren't hanging out with households. They're hanging out with nice guys. Completely. Like, yeah. I think all of my boyfriend's friends are adorable sweethearts. Yeah. And I'm I love, like, I love like, my guy. I love my husband's friends. Yeah. Like, they just went to a bachelor party in Vegas, and some of my friends were like, Aren't you nervous? And I go, what are they going to do? They're going to get a dance at a strip club, and then they're going to go to the Hoover Dam. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. The Hoover Dam. Amazing. So cute. Sounds like a good time. (laughs) They do it every time. Like, I knew knew it was up. Like, it's like, like, what are they going to do that they can't? What is he going to do in Vegas that he can't do here? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like. really great point. (laughs) And also, I really like rather, because I was actually at, very recently at lunch today, a recently friend, a single friend asked my boyfriend, like, who can you set me up with? And I kind of like, and like, yeah. no, like that's the normal question. I, that's what I would ask. Your brain but like, freezes. It's just weirder for him where then he like thought about it. But if it's more like, who can I have drinks? Like, let's have drinks once you're at that point where you want to just That's why people. like, if you're listening to this in the summer, it is imperative. You go to every wedding, you yeah. go to every barbecue, fuck it, host a barbecue. <laughs> and tell your friends to bring their friends. Make it an open Facebook invitation. Like, this is the best way to meet someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. hang out. Yeah. Like, in real life, hinge. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what we're talking yeah. about. Totally. Shout out to Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a fan of hinge over I, I do. It, yeah. In Manhattan, I'm a fan of hinge. Yeah. It, 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 it changes for me region by region. Okay. Interesting. That makes sense. Even hearing from listeners all over. I feel I'm like... I'm a fan of Hinge and OkCupid, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think if you're in Manhattan, you should absolutely be doing OkCupid because uh, it's the biggest... Like, it's just economy of scale, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do... Why wouldn't you do OkCupid? Yeah. Um, and then Hinge, I just think... Um, it just has a nice feel to it. Uh, I think if you live in a different area, you should definitely be doing the other apps. So, like, if you live in San Francisco, you should be doing Bumble. If you live in Seattle, you should be doing Bumble. Is that about the ratio? Yes. And woman, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, if you live in um, most of America, you should be doing OK Cupid. Yeah, um, I think these are these are the big ones mm. that I think interesting. And do you have any advice for? Okay, so people who are meeting people online, mm-hmm. obviously there's only so much you can figure out from someone's profile, from someone's pictures, from whatever. But do you have any advice on like the the, the layers of compatibility you were talking, the pillars of compatibility you sure. were talking about? 
anything that people can look for. Obviously, there's obvious red flags, like someone who posts only shirtless pictures of themselves and their whatever. So think but, of it, let's think of it backwards, right? You should be thinking of your online dating profile as a marketing plan. Mm-hmm. Invest in those really great photos. We host photo shoots all the time. Um, you can go on at copymatch.com and check out our services. We actually do have, we can schedule a photo shoot. Um, like it's really important that you have really good photos and it's really important that you have a really well-written bio that allows for open-ended questions. So your open-ended bio should say, if you went to, let's say the university of Florida, you know, Gator nation in there, or, um, you know, if you, um, work in finance, talk about how you actually have a medical degree and somehow Goldman Sachs, you know, work for a big financial institution, go figure. Like you should have things that that are like, kind of like quips, like let people ask about those things. Don't talk about your quote unquote hobbies because everyone likes to travel and everyone likes to go to the movies and everyone likes to listen to music and cook. I mean, everyone has to cook because we have to eat. (laughs) So like, you're not really, but if you talk about like, Hey, I went to a wine class and I'll, I'll definitely choose a really great wine when we go out. Um, one of my closest, she, she used to be a former employee. She had the best opening line on an app that I've ever seen. It was her main photo was her making a sandwich. And it said at the bottom of her profile, I'm making a sandwich. Let me know what you like on it. (laughs) And if guys read the profile and they got to that, they had the easiest icebreaker. Um, yeah, yeah, I love some pastrami on it. When are we going to the deli. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, so it's like, you know, the, the stuff like that I think is, is you have, you have to be a little playful because it's online dating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then for those people who are like, I'm never online dating. Um, it's 2019. Like not online dating is like not having an email. Just do it. Yeah. You have to look at it every day. Right. But try to look at it for like 15 minutes a day. Do it when you're pooping. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably most people do. We've I think most that, people sure. swipe most when people they're pooping. are pooping and either, either that or Instagramming. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Literally, the only time I'm on Instagram is when I'm pooping. If I look at, <laughs> if I watch your story, if I look at your Instagram, I am pooping, and I don't look at it other. Than you know, there are people who like look at their, um, they'll open up a, their story and see like, oh, did this person look? This is probably the most relatable thing I'll ever say today. People open up a story to see like, did this person look at my story? Yeah, and they're like, then they feel like this like, this. This empty feeling like, oh, I can't believe they didn't see my story. They must not like me. Why aren't they on Instagram? But the truth is they probably didn't have a big poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so They're don't worry about up. it. That's okay. You know, and also men don't men don't pee standing down. So I mean the pen don't pee sitting down. So yeah. it's like even less time for them totally. to look at that thing. So. They don't use their pees as like vacations. Yeah. Like, when I'm at work and I'm like, I'm gonna go pee, and then I'm just like using letting, it as, letting like, your thighs nice. like fall asleep <laughs> yeah. from the pressure. Yeah. Just a yeah, nice yeah. five minute break from the world. To to go back really quick, I, I think I answered your question, which is like, what are the red flags? So like to me, the red flags are like First of all, just be aware that some people don't understand that online dating is a marketing plan. So Mm -hmm. just try to give them a benefit of the doubt. Yeah. The red flags come out in the first types of conversation. Um, I'm sure some of us remember Volley for Serve when we were in high school, gymnasium. Mm -hmm. It's the same here. Within three messages, you know, you don't have to talk on the phone. You could just say, hey, let's meet at this bar for drinks. And as a woman, you have to learn how to talk to a man online. So you don't need to pen pal. You could just say, hey... Um, I think you're interesting so far. Ha ha. Would you like to meet for a drink tomorrow? You yep. don't have to do it on Friday. You don't have to wait a week away. Yes. Because the other thing that happened that week away, that guy's going to message another girl. They're going to go out and they're going to cancel on you or ghost you. And then that's it. That's exactly what happens every time. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you could just say, hey, do you want to meet for a drink tonight? Or, hey, do you want to meet for a drink tomorrow? Like, I would say tomorrow always, not tonight. Um, cause tonight yeah. I feel like sounds like, uh, yeah, I'm horny. Let's go out. Yeah. Yes. Fuck. Um, so just say like, Hey, this, you know, you seem so interesting. You want, do you want to be for a drink tomorrow? And if he says yes, great. Go on that drink. If he says no, and he doesn't say, here's an alternate date. You stop talking to that person. Yep. Hmm. That it person is just online dating. They're not there to meet someone like in person in real life. And a guy does not need to know that. Like you do not need to pen pal with the guy. Yeah. No. So many times we get stories of listeners who have had like really like great communication with someone or even even after a first date. But there's just so many people I feel like who want a pen pal or want that attention. Yeah. It reminds me of things I have done a million times, but because of the podcast, kind of had to force myself out of like yeah. a date a week, like get there. So I would be I 
I'm very glad to hear that that's what you would recommend because I that's what I started doing. Like, without being too aggressive, just being like, hey, you seem cool. Love to, I mean, like, we have get someone on, on our staff whose literal job, her actual job, I shit you not, <laughs> is to online date for all of our, for our clients who are doing online dating or for clients who don't want to even hire us, who just want to hire us for that part. Yeah. She pretends to be them online and she gets you on sometimes, I mean, it's usually one date a week, sometimes two a week. Yeah. She just pretends to be you. She's, you know, juggling like 15 clients and that's her full-time job and that's, she's on the payroll. Like, yeah. And she, you know, she does a really good job. Um, so far, you know, this year we've already celebrated like six relationships of like what, eight people that have, so it's what we we usually get about like two two or three a month that enroll in this program. Yeah. So like I would say like eighty percent already in relationships usually within the first six weeks. Damn. Yeah. You know. So what are you what are you seeing as like? Obviously, okay. So you do a lot of services at your company, and like we do four services. Oh, okay. I mean yeah. that's a lot, right? That is a yeah. lot. <laughs> okay. That is a lot for a matchmaking <laughs> service. That's like three more than yeah, others. Just more than exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like more than just matchmaking as yeah. we've just discussed. So matchmaking is our our big one okay. and then we have coaching mm-hmm. which is it's mostly female oriented to be honest. Um for matchmaking we only take male clients. Okay. So if you're a woman and you want to be uh considered, it's free to enroll. Um uh we do coaching uh which is very popular for some women and then we have um Part of that coaching is the online dating, or you could just do the online dating component where we do it for you. And then the fourth is photo shoots. Okay. Cool. Which we've yeah. outsourced to someone else. We're not personally doing it, but we plan it for you. We do your hair and makeup. Like, you know, it's like a whole experience. Cool. Yeah. So you're um, obviously seeing a lot of different people who are looking for different types of like ways in different types of, mm-hmm. of services to like support their dating life. What are like the handful of most common I don't want to say mistakes, but like the things you see holding people back the most. I think for a lot of people, what holds them back is not recognizing their own attachment style and the person that they're dating or going to be dating and their attachment style. So um, I think your listeners know what this means, but I'll just really quickly describe it. Attachment style is basically like how your parents and your first relationships have affected how you communicate um, in your relationships. And uh, there are essentially three types uh, at the most basic level. You have secure, which is um, someone who's usually a great communicator, who is reliable, who will tell you what they mean and mean what they say. Um, Then you have anxious people. So those are people who uh, just get really riled up and they count the ellipses that we call the little dots to see like, (laughs) what does the five dots mean? And um, they hang on to every word and, those people end up dating the third type a lot, which is avoidant. And an avoidant person just leaves things very nebulous. And um, that is an SAT word, uh, very cloudy. Um, and uh, they're a little more transient than most. And the best example I could possibly give if you're uh, for the most basic relationship in New York is uh, Carrie Bradshaw and Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. Carrie Bradshaw is your, you know, textbook anxious type. And Mr. Big is your textbook avoidant type. And this is a very popular relationship type uh, in general Mm. um, because they feed off each other. And in reality, they should both be with secure people. Secure person is, um, uh, what is Miranda's husband's name? Steve. 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 So Steve is your uh, great secure guy. And he dated an avoidant. He dated Miranda. Mm-hmm. And he would just let her date. He'd just be like, all right, you could be a little crazy and not want it, but I'm here. I'm here. When you're ready, I'm here. And that is what both avoidant and anxious people need. Now, mm-hmm. in Manhattan, 30% of singles are secure, so there is hope. The problem, of course, is that secure people tend to get married a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the older you get, the more avoidant men you have at your availability and vice versa. Um, so I think that is the biggest problem that we see is not understanding your attachment style and how to work with it. You know, there's a lot of women yeah. who are anxious, a lot of women who are avoidant. And, and vice versa, a lot of men who are anxious and there's a lot of men that are avoidant. And if you're not aware of the communication patterns that you have that constantly um, facilitate the same, you know, you're basically dating the same person with a different name each time mm. because your communication style is attracting those people around you. Like, if you're the kind of person who's anxious, you're going to keep attracting avoidant men. 
Yeah, which is what I did. I was full anxious. I think you're a yeah. secure woman. No, I'm a. Vo- I am now, and but avoid. I was yes. avoidant. Okay, I still am in a lot of ways, but I was super avoidant. And then I dated another avoidant person, and it was not a good relationship. Of course, it was no, not. no. <laughs> no. Very, you even talk? Like, I mean, no. Like <laughs> for like two years, we did not express any feelings. To, no, that's a lie. I mean, it was just whatever. I was a baby. It's really, it's really tough. Yeah, and um, you know, the book that I always recommend is Amir Levine's Attached. Yeah. I think it's a great book that teaches you about attachment styles. I think that's that's the biggest problem. And I think if you yeah. – to me, that's a – I mean, to me, that book changed my life. And it's yeah. changed a lot of my clients' lives. Like, they will always mention this book. And I think it's – I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's yeah. Attached? Well, well yeah, yeah. I've talked about it on here before. <laughs> and I think people have, like – but I think because it's so valuable. So listeners will bring it up. And we're like, oh, yeah, we, like, yeah. sort of mentioned that once. Yeah, but yeah. it's so – like, I because it also – I think even just categorizing the styles and making it a little more academic helped me think about it's not personal to me. It's not I'm right. doing this thing wrong. It's I it's their it made choice. so much it's sense that you. I was anxious and looking at avoidant types because yeah, it fed some part of me. For me a lot I mean, of I've, do, I've dated someone who uh, I've dated a few men that were avoidant and I mean, they can destroy your life because I'm a secure person and mm-hmm. and Sometimes you can only give someone so much. Um, I dated at one one gentleman. Gentleman. Okay. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I dated this one guy uh, who was an avoidant. And, you know, in the beginning, he was stepping up to the plate with me. But then it's as if, like, I got comfortable or something. And it only did for, like, six months. But... I think like two months in, it just somehow something shifted. Mm. And then I went from being secure to anxious and just constantly calling my friends and like reiterating what's happening in the Uh. relationship, like some sociopath. And like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And like, when did he text this? And then, I mean, I just remember just going on my website. And then finally when he, he was going through this really personal situation, um, where I felt like, oh, I can't break up with him now. Like, shit. You know, yeah. like, I'm, I'm kind of stuck until yeah. he's ready to break up. And when he was ready to break, when he broke up with me, I mean, I remember just, like, like just going out with my friends and celebrating that night. Because I was like, I'm free. Yeah. I'm free from this person who, like, shackled my emotions. Because the thing about avoiding people is that they don't let you express yourself the way you are meant to express yourself. Like, mm-hmm. the person I'm meant to be, I was not going to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really frustrating. So now, you know, I use Carrie and Big as an example for it because it's like, it's like, it's like perfect. Like Carrie hid so much of her personality and then it would come out in these like, when she threw the McDonald's at him. Yeah. Like it would just come out in these like flares. And of course he's like, why are you acting like this? Well, he, of course he doesn't know. Yeah. He has no idea what you're really like. Yeah. He's avoided you this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just, it gives context. I hate that show, by the way, but it gives so much yeah, context yeah. for certain things. So it's like. It's so definitive, but we all, we talk about it aged sexism. quite poorly, didn't so it? So poorly. Yeah. 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 Except Miranda. Except no, Miranda, Miranda did not age at all. Yeah, I mean, Where's Miranda Samantha? is I know, to be honest, like, to be honest, um, I really like the other three characters. Yeah. Um, I just never liked like, I'll watch now sometimes if it's on. I'm just like, oh, this is so cringeworthy. Like, yeah. what is happening? Whereas, like, Miranda and Charlotte and Samantha, like, these are people that I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with them. They're they're perfectly capable of being in great relationships, just like they're perfectly capable of being quite shitty relationships. Yeah. Totally. Whereas, like, Carrie and Big, it was just, uh, just like, what is that? Or why are you still dating? Yeah. Why are you insane. marrying this person? Like, no, it's wild. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean, I love, anyway. um, Oh my goodness, the Instagram account with woke Charlotte. It's so good. The second <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's a great so one. Great. Yeah, like the like, Charlotte was so there, but then it was just like, just flip your words sometimes. Totally. Like, just be that much more. Or just like the article talking about how like Miranda's basically the protagonist of like all the female centric shows being made in 2019. Oh, yeah. Which totally. is like great. Like that's who it should be. It's I mean, like a real you don't think like person. when you watch when you watch um Russian doll. Yeah. You don't think that's like Miranda's like stepdaughter yeah completely yeah. you don't have red hair yeah like, yeah it's like yeah. okay yeah like she yeah something happened here like yeah this is her uh this is her love child when she was like 20 and yeah she exactly. like sent it off for adoption to finish law school something like I that like, totally. like in the whole cinematic yeah. universe like marvel but like yeah for, for <laughs> like who's related to Miranda. um cool so as a wrap-up i'm gonna ask you the most generic question you've ever been asked 
What's like the one piece of advice you would give people dating? If that's so generic, you want to slap me in the face, you're allowed to slap me in the generic. face. I don't, I don't hear that question I feel ever. like it's so Oprah-y. Like, so what's your one? But maybe it's the question everyone wants to ask, but that's which is kind I'm of that's curious right now is like, what's the thing? Like, you know, we have our... Uh, I don't want to give like a generic answer, like some stupid thing, like know thyself. Like, fuck off. Like, But we've told you that. Um, I mean, we talk about yeah. therapy all the time on here and we're always talking about going... Like, I think that's Oh, legitimate. I think it's important to be self-aware. But I think mm-hmm. that's like paramount to creating a foundation in any relationship. But something that's actionable right now yeah. is I think it's important to do okay, for most people currently, their life let me take a step back. What makes me a matchmaker versus a regular person is that I have like 37 different networks. Mm-hmm. Right. Most people have like four networks. They have their home school friends or college friends. They have their work friends. Maybe they have a hobby like the gym, like their gym friends. And if they're lucky, they have a fourth, which is like church, like their society, for like their community friends. Mm-hmm. Most people, though, operate in like three networks. Yeah. I'm involved in like every goddamn network. Like it's just uh, and that's what makes me a matchmaker. Right. Because that's my job is to like constantly be networking with people and collaborating with people and, you know, meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I could give you a piece of advice right now is to think about people that you admire, right? Write it down and think about what they have in common and take that task to itself. What they have in common is something that you should be investing in yourself if you admire them. That's the the best piece of advice I can do is something that could change your life tomorrow, Right? Because if you change your life, if you start living the life you're meant to live, then you are going to create new opportunities to meet new people. You're never going to meet new guy friends who have really good guy friends to introduce if you don't extend your network to those people. So let's say, you know, you, you know, you, um, you're the kind of person who, um, admires people who makes friends easily. Well, I want you to read the book, Never Eat Alone, um, or How to Win Friends and Influence People. These are two really great books about creating quick rapport with people that you meet. And if you do that and you invest in yourself in this way, then you're going to just legitimately increase opportunities for you to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And if this is what you're, the whole purpose of dating is to meet new people, right? Like otherwise, like what the hell are you doing? You're just going to meet the UPS guy as you sign off. I only know one person married the UPS guy. <laughs> But you know one person? Yeah, she's actually oh. a matchmaker. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. She, like, she, met, she met the UPS guy, and I was one of those guys, and she's like, oh, that, that's it. And I'm like, wow, you're the only one where the guy showed up at the door. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Post-Legally Blonde face. It's even more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh but yeah, that UPS that's guy, That's a good too. reference. Wow. Oh, was um, that, that? Just, I don't know. Thinking so, of a hot UPS. I don't guy. think that was a generic answer. No, no, that was a not. That was a complete. But it's an action item. Answer. Like, you no, know, the whole yeah. purpose. I want you know, like, I think women that are, or men who are listening to this today should do two things. One, get in my Rolodex. It's free. Like, why would you not? Like, you never know. Like, you legitimately never know yeah. who I could have for you. Um, I might not have anyone for you, but at least you have it in there. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is invest in yourself to increase those opportunities. So, you know, write down those qualities that you admire in other people and then pick one of those qualities and just create an action plan around becoming more of that quality. Mm. Read books, go to seminars, listen to podcasts, like do something that changes you in a way to become the person that you were meant to be Mm. to increase those opportunities to meet new people. It's so interesting because I feel like both that piece of advice and um your advice earlier about writing down like what you're looking for in your ideal partner like really being intentional about like what's important to me like put it on a piece of paper like give it voice in the world yeah like I feel like both of those things are so they sound so simple but they're never things I would have thought of like it feels do you know how many people are gonna listen to this and just not do like they'll think about it they'll say yeah "Yeah, I should make a list and maybe they'll do it maybe most people will never do it um and some people will do it but most people won't and if they do they'll do it like six months from now because it's very it's like writing a diary it's very hard to be vulnerable on pen and paper Mm. Yeah. I want to do it just about myself and like the the people I admire and why I admire them and why. Oh, I think everyone should do this. I do this. I do this once a year. Yeah. To usually on my birthday. My birthday's in December. Um, I do that once a year. 
um, so that I can give direction for the next year of my life. So, you know, yeah, this year was about, um, I mean, I don't, to me, it's very personal, so I don't want to talk about it, but like, uh, but essentially I give, I want to give purpose to every year that yeah, I live. And yeah. so I do that exercise every, on the eve of my birthday. Oh, cool. What a good idea. It's also, we took a communications class at business school and MBA (laughs) programs. They really stressed this. And I almost went into eye roll because you're doing like finance strategy. And then you, but we had to like write letters to people we admire and then actually reach out to some people who are mentors in our life and really just having to write it out. And as much as I wanted to eye roll or just say, well, this is it. It was really helpful for me to think about and just remind myself. And I like that exercise of a year, whether it's about relationships or just, just being Figuring out who you want to be in the world because... I mean, it's also like just figuring out what your leg... Like, if someone... This is going to be dark. If someone read your obituary... Yeah. Um, they're in my... Uh, I have a... I actually have a diary. <laughs> I mean, it's my, like, to-do list notebook, essentially, but it's like a proper notebook. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. With, like, leather mound. And I am... Um, and on the first page, I have the chorus of I was here from Beyonce. <laughs> Amazing. Because it kind of like holds me to task. Like I want what how, what am I going to do to touch people's lives? Yep. How am I going to change the world? Because that's essentially those are not the words of the chorus, but that's essentially what she's saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I'm in a position to have a very rewarding experience um, you know, I get to introduce people to their spouses who they have kids with. I think that's like really cool. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's like, why, why not do more with that? Why not change the momentum of romance and dating for the future with, you know, what, with the opportunities that I have. And so that's what I'm trying to fixate on myself as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, on that amazing <laughs> note, guys, tell, everyone, tell everyone again where they can find you and, and your company. Yes. Sure. So uh, my website is agapematch.com. That's A-G-A-P-E match.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at matchmakermaria. And we'll post all of those in the show notes and in the secret Facebook group because those are where, like, the loyalists live. And also, you know, join that secret Facebook group if you haven't yet. We have a survey in there about, like, what to do about a new dater going forward since people keep getting in relationships when they start going on dates for this podcast. I love that. So, we're, yeah, it's it's something that has, has worked, holding oneself accountable. But, uh, yes, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Maria, for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. No, this was wonderful. I love this. <laughs> it was so fun to actually be back together and just have such an amazing guest. Like, talk to you. Like, you saw it. Well, you heard, listeners, that our faces have been kind of like, oh, wow, mind Ooh. blown. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it, it's very... I'm like, I'm I, turning red over here. <laughs> no, we really appreciate your time, especially you, in you, the Sunday. You. And I think, I think this is really valuable. Yeah. To me as a human. And I'm like <laughs> feeling feeling great. Yeah, completely. I love it. Follow us on Insta at 51firstdatespod. Send in your worst first dates to 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. Join the secret Facebook group. You already said that. I already said it. We can say it again because it's so fun. Review and subscribe. Oh my gosh. Hello. Thank you. That's a big one. <laughs> Rate, subscribe, review. And again, fill out that survey in the secret, secret Facebook group. Let us know what you're why you like us yeah why you like us and what what kind of dater you want to see going forward because we we know that some of the value was like when i could go on dates consistently but not gonna break up just for the podcast so we're we're gonna recruit a new dater and we love you and thank you maria and thank you go on a date go on a date